Sunday, Monday, happy gays. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy gays. Thursday, Friday, happy gays. They're best chums, let's have some fun. Ready to chat with you. These gays of ours. Happy gays. These gays of ours. Happy gays. I'm Ashley Fair. And I'm Jared Haglin. And we are your gay, gay best, best friends. friends. Sorry, I jumped right on top of you there. And I, I threw in a new word. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's exactly what threw me off. So I blame you. Uh- <laughs> I take full responsibility. I just felt, you know, we've been doing this for about three months now, so we must be their gay best friends. I was going to say, yeah, you point. went to make it personal. Yeah. We are not just gay best friends, we are your I like it. In the future, I'll try not to jump down your throat about it. <laughs> we'll see if we can get any uh, anyone else agrees with us. Yeah. So far, though, I'm feeling pretty good about it. The feedback we've gotten so far, people seem to really connect. Yeah. And view us as their gay best friends. So. Okay. So next time, we'll do it. We won't skip a beat. It'll be That's great. Right. Perfect. You got a haircut. I did get a haircut. I'm sitting across. You're all freshly shaved on the sides. Yeah, literally like two hours ago. Oh, wow. Very fresh. Yeah. It looks yeah. good. Thank you. And it's not even like, no no offense to your haircut, but like you're in casual mode right now. You haven't even like, this mm-hmm. isn't your haircut at its best and it still looks good. It, well, yeah. And we only did the sides. Like we didn't even cut the actual long hairs yet, oh. um, which we're going to do next week. Um, we just ran out of time today, but I just... It was you may have known I was growing out my undercut, mm-hmm. um, which any other anyone else who has an undercut, but most likely you know queer people who <laughs> go for alternative hairstyles, undercuts are so awesome and so great, but such a challenge when you feel like you're over them. And I didn't feel like I was over my undercut. I just wanted more hair to work with for the wedding. Oh. So I was deciding to grow it out so I could try braiding it up or whatever, like just have more body. But you clearly changed your mind. Oh, I did. I just, I hate, I hate having hair on my neck and it just, it's so hot. Uh, For listeners who, who don't actually, who haven't seen me in real life, I have a lot of very thick, curly, frizzy hair. Uh, So when I don't have an undercut, like it is, it's just, it's so hot. Um, and so it's been bothering me. It's also been really fluffy because my hair is naturally curly. And so when the undercut is growing, it starts to curl already. And it's just like, there's no styling it at this point or at that point as of two hours ago. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Now the world is your oyster, your hair oyster. That's right. And fortunately, uh, the person who did my hair today, uh, actually has some good ideas. The other concern I had was how do you style an undercut in a sort of somewhat fancy way, mm. but she has ideas, so I think you can do it. So it's gonna look great. Thank you. But you have you you tend to feel positively towards my options. That's true. Yeah, which I appreciate. It really I helps me. I kind of thought that was a negative thing at first when you said <laughs> it. It's like you, but you're just gonna say it looks nice. No, no. Don't worry. I will not just say that. No matter what you do behind your back, I'll tell people the real oh, things. Oh, good. 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 <laughs> If anyone hears from Jarrett, let me know what he says. And so you went to someone new for your haircut, right? I do. What do you like in a hairdresser? Uh, well, <laughs> almost everyone I've gone to, I've stuck with them because I've built this personal relationship with them. Um, so 
regardless of ability. Like this goes back since my first haircut out of family members cutting my hair. Um, your family members cut your hair. My aunt was is a hairstylist. Oh, okay. So okay. like, yeah. Um, so, but outside of like that, even from the first person started cutting my hair when I was in university, I would just keep going back because I just liked them and. I was like, I want to build this like personal relationship, but they weren't very good. Oh, but, um, and you still stick it out for? Yeah, I just we got they were really nice. Oh, that is the exact opposite thing I look for in a hairdresser. If I build a relationship, I'm out. <laughs> I once stopped going to a subway once because I came like I got too close with the person who made my sandwiches, <laughs> Carly. And I just I don't like it. I don't like that pressure. Oh, but then they miss you. Well, that's that's on them for making that connection. <laughs> Do you like a chatty one? I do. But someone who can help carry the conversation. Mm. Because, oh, I also just want to, because of where I went with the conversation, the person who who has been doing my hair for the last three or four years, very talented. They're not who I was talking about when I said <laughs> the other person was not. <laughs> um, but uh, talkative, yes. But I, I need them to be able to care, like, to push the conversation because I never know I've learned this about myself recently I never know if I'm going too far like I will overshare no problem uh and I think I've recently picked up on that and have I don't know decided I need to put up more boundaries on my conversation skills with your service professionals I guess (laughs) I like silence yeah. I like questions about how the haircut is going, mm-hmm. but I don't like to delve into a lot of other things. You know what's funny about today, though, is she, most of the conversation was about hair, but it was my first time seeing her. She's actually Jerrica's hairstylist. Um, Jerrica's been going to her for several years now, and she's been wanting to just, like, play with my hair, uh, which is a thing. People, because of all the hair, people like to get their hands on it. Um, <laughs> see, what, see what they can, they can tackle exactly, it down. Exactly, exactly. So... Um, so a lot of today's conversation was about the directions my hair goes and how we can cut it differently so the shape is different or whatever, which I found really, um, helpful actually. I've actually never had a hairstylist give me such specific pieces of advice. Uh, my aunt was quite talented with my curly hair, but was never like specific about how to do things with yeah, it. It was always just, it. just scrunch it. <laughs> That was a great helpful. direction. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, it looks great. Right now I'm battling like three different hair colors in my dyed part because I got a dye job that was really cheap and then I didn't quite like it. And so I bought a box dye oh. and I think I it's just gone too far. It looks okay. Depends on the light. What? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out which part is box and which part is like still from. I think the it's all a hot mess mix. It's like an ombre going on, like a colored ombre. I don't know what you mean by that. Oh, it's where the color goes in shades. So like. She's drawing it out right now. Yeah. So for all you listeners, she's it'll drawing be it. like solid this, and then a little less oh, of yeah. the color, and then even less. And then just like your regular. Yeah. That's what's happening with it right now. Yeah, it's weird. I feel next time if I want to do this again, I may just actually pay a proper price. Yeah, that's the thing. with Especially with color, you get what you pay for. Yeah. And that's, 
the person who normally does my hair, incredibly talented with color. But he, I'm sure it's like $200. Uh, for your hair, maybe not. I made this price up in my head, but this was $80 with the haircut. From the cheap person? Yeah. With the okay. haircut, though. They, oh, okay, I guess. I was like, well, it seems like a ripoff then. The other person that we're talking about is $45 for just the haircut. Yeah. Which, you get what you pay for. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm in for like 92 with the box. <laughs> Very expensive head of hair right now. <laughs> well, here you go. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> so, Ashley, what you watching? Slash reading. Slash listening. What you putting in ya? <laughs> the crowd goes wild. We talked about what we were going to talk about, and I'm like, yeah, I'll watch what you're talking about too, Ashley, so that we can discuss it together. And I watched the first minute and a half and was then just too busy, so you're going to have to leave the charge. What you watching, Ashley? No problem. Well, okay, what's funny to me is I didn't even fully watch it. I just kept jumping to various parts, and I was like, wow, that's really good. Whoa, that's really good. Uh, this like is what I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It, it was emotional porn, I have to say. <laughs> so what I'm talking about is uh, Jamila Jamil interviewed Sam Smith uh, for the I Way movement. Um, so this movement is something that Jamila Jamil started on Instagram. You can follow I Way. Um, so it's like I W underscore Way. Oh, is it I yeah. underscore Way? Thank you. So I, was, I had trouble finding it at first. So I uh-huh. I underscore Way. Good to know. And it's I underscore W E I G H. Like yeah. I Way so many pounds but that's actually the point is it's not about the pounds it's what we carry with us like i weigh love and i weigh family and close relationships and music so this interview happened it was half hour interview on igtv which is the instagram which is fascinating to begin with that this is now a thing instagram tv Mm -hmm. but it's a cool medium i guess i've received notifications from other personalities i follow but i've never watched them because i'm like that's stupid uh, this is the first one I actually sought out an IGTV <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, and I was just, I was so, the like the main note that I made was that in this interview, Sam Smith was speaking about things that are so universal, but also really important to hear someone else say. Because he talks about how he felt there'd be pictures posted in like these magazines or online talking about his body and how oh, he's really put on the weight or, you know, no wonder we don't ever see him with his shirt off. And he was like, honestly, I thought I looked fine that day. And I didn't even worry about it until I saw those captions and those, the responses from the media. And I was like, Oh, it's so true. Like it's so easy for us to go out into the world and feel totally fine. And then as soon as we receive any criticism, suddenly we start second guessing. You start looking back into yourself. Yeah. And, and he's someone who went through a very public weight loss. Yes. Like when he first became famous, he was heavier and then he lost a lot of weight. Exactly. Yeah. The reason I'd actually gone to the interview was because I saw someone else post or I saw something about how in this interview he talks about identifying as non-binary. Which I thought was, so I should be saying they, I think. Um, he doesn't talk about his pronouns in it. No. So I, I've read, I don't but know. But, um, Sam. Yeah. So Sam talks about 
identify as non-binary and how the coming out process was a complicated one because he came out when he was 18, found fame when he was 20. At that point, still hadn't dated anyone, hadn't had sex with a man yet, and then suddenly very famous. And in London was when he first shot to fame. Mm -hmm. And navigating the queer scene as like a famous person in a pretty tough city. Yeah, as, that's as insane. Yeah, and how it was it was not good for like his self confidence and how he navigates no, the world. No, I imagine. And then going through this weight loss journey and how difficult it is because nothing is ever really enough. And then he starts talking about how he feels like he experiences the world like a woman. And he's like, or a man, or... And he kind of ponders. Then he then he talks about how he discovered the term non-binary. And that that's, that felt right to him. Mm-hmm. Which I really appreciated. And I to me, it was one of those things that was like, kind of an aha moment. I've always, like, I, I understand non-binary and genderqueer. And I... Um, so it was an aha moment in that sense. As much as just, like, how important it is for us to keep pushing to find these new terms because people still don't feel at home in their bodies and there's nothing wrong with their bodies their bodies are just fine but they just don't know what they are and then they find a term sometimes it's hard to express how you feel about yourself or how you feel and then you see someone talk you Mm -hmm. hear terms and you kind of like it gets in you're like oh the bell goes off. That's yeah. that's what I've been feeling. I, I relate to that. Exactly. And I just I just hope that we keep progressing in a way where we all get to find the terms that help us feel at home. One thing, and I, I so I read some about the interview and I watched a little bit of it. And one thing that I really I took away was when they started their conversation about po- body positivity, Sam was talking about like choices he would make to feel better about himself and that made me happy because i feel a lot of time body positivity is kind of thrown out there as a thing essentially to people that just like just feel good about yourself celebrate how you are no matter how you are which is fantastic and anybody of any type of body should be able to celebrate who they are Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's about more than just accepting yourself Sometimes it's about doing some things to make you feel better about yourself. Yes. And that's not something I hear in that conversation a lot. So I was mm-hmm. really glad that they, they touched on that. So is there anything, like, that you do to, like, make yourself feel good about yourself? Yeah, and it's something new. And it is, like, a, a physical thing because people, you can feel good about your job and feel good about your friends and your talents and everything. Um, but it's still... I struggle with my body constantly it's always changing uh as bodies do that's just what yeah. happens um but what i've started doing is i actually um i i've started dancing naked in the mirror in the morning oh yeah and i only focus on the parts i like about myself um so like i might notice something i don't like like i have this like tummy mm-hmm. like you know we all have tummies but like i don't like the way that mine sits but I don't look at that, even though my favorite part of my body is right next to it. I really like my my hip and like my waistline. So then you focus on what you love. Yeah, and, and I just like shake my little hips, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Go, Ashley's body, go. That's that is what I do. so great. <laughs> I will say, and like I have, I have body issues. Body positivity is something that's difficult for me, mm-hmm. and not to sound douchey, but like recently it's been like. 
taking time to take care of my body. Yes. So, like, going to the gym or being physically active in some way, even though, like, you know, just because you did that that day mm-hmm. doesn't mean your body's changed. Yeah. But it makes me feel better about myself when I look at myself. And then if I go days without it or something, the the bad things start entering my yeah. head and I start looking at it negatively. So doing those positive things, even if it's not changing, you know, you could take 20 pictures. I'm sure they all look the same. It just helps that mental state. So that's something that I've found. Yes, absolutely. And you said you're new to going to the gym, right? Oh, yes. Very new. And I think one thing that people, and I'd love to expand this conversation in the future, but I, I would love to talk about how important it is to take that first step. Um, but maybe we, we'll come back to that. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I think that'd be a great conversation. Well, I do promise to watch the rest of this interview because I I want to. It seems super interesting. I really want to see what other interviews she does and other things because mm-hmm. I think she's using, like, she's not a giant celebrity. No. She's in the good place. I can't name anything else. But she has used her platform very interestingly and in some ways and channels that I think are punching above her celebrity weight and taking risks. And I think that is fantastic. What are you going to pick? Topics. Can we talk? So last week, 50 individuals were indicted for bribery and fraud related to college admission. It's the college admission scandal. It's wild. Who are the celebrities involved in it? Lori Loughlin? The headlines at first were like, celebrities were like, it's Lori Loughlin, who is Aunt Becky on Full House, and Felicity Huffman from Desperate Housewives. Uh, Transamerica, um, right. a lot of things, but like it's only two. Yeah. They tried to make it seem like it was a much more celebrity-involved scandal. I feel. Yeah, it's true, which is funny. Um, and like, okay, greater scheme of things, it was only fifty people. What I find really funny is kids from wealthy families already have a leg up on academic achievement. You have to really not care about getting into university to hit a point where your parents need to pay at least 500 grand to bribe your way into university. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, at least. Like, some of them, it was like 500,000 per person on a board or something. Like, Crazy. Ridiculous. Um, it just, it blows my mind. And also, like, dear parents, why not listen to your kids? Like, if they want to go off, I don't know, I... What? Well, this is where it goes into my my other point, though, is like if you're a parent bribing your kid into school or like bribing your kid's way into school, what are you going to do when they're done school? Why not just save that money and use it to get them into whatever business thing you want them to get into? That's a great point. Right? Like university and if you're an academic person and it served you well, good for you. I went to school for a while. It did nothing for me. And I have a lot of friends who... I'm not an <laughs> academic person. It does nothing for me. My sister, whole other end. Academia is now her career, and yeah. it, she's thrived off it since the beginning. It's not everybody's cup of tea. You shouldn't force people into it. Totally. And that's the thing, is is if you're an academic, then that's a whole other ball field, I guess. I was going to go with ball of Ball of wax field. <laughs> But if you're not an academic, you're not going to keep going to school for something. You're just going to go and get like the business degree or something or mark, you know, like whatever it is that people go to school for now. 
But you don't even necessarily need it, especially if you have wealthy parents who can just get, get you an internship somewhere yeah. or, you know, like. And all of these people, I'm sure, could have found some school to get a bachelor of business or some sort of thing. Like, yeah. it was about the prestige of the school name, which, for the local connection here in Vancouver, David Sadu, who was caught, um, he's alleged to have paid off people to, like, fraudulently take the provincial exams for his kids and things. And they didn't even get into amazing schools. <laughs> like, they didn't get go to Yale. They didn't go to Harvard. They went to schools I've never even heard of. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the best you can do when you cheat? Right? Isn't that wild? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. When it's get- all... Oh, sorry. So I was going to say, it's all a bit confusing to me. But I... Would like, because my first reaction to this really was, yeah, of fucking course they do. Yeah. Like, isn't this what we all assumed rich people do? They run around their rich people lives and they just use money to get whatever they want. Like, this isn't a surprise. Yeah. So I'm happy that some of them are being held to account. Hopefully. Hopefully that's where this goes. Hopefully someone faces charges. Sorry. Faces consequences for these charges and actually gets convicted. Yeah. But the real problem is just rich people. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's one of my favorite, like, tweets I've seen floating around is the one that's like, if you're mad about this scandal, boy, are you going to be angry when you find out that school districts are, um, schools get funding based on the taxable income in their area. And so rich people cordon themselves off into communities so that their schools get more money. And it's not so that they do, but they do get more money because of that. Is that true here? I don't know if it's true here. But, oh, I believe yeah. in America because that's a yeah. huge issue there with the schools. Exactly. So, yeah. so, but it's it's the rich being rich. Yeah. We just gotta tear them down. It's uh... the really the sad part about all this, in my opinion, is it's a great story. I think one day it'll be a great movie, and I would have loved to see Felicity Huffman play one of the mothers. <laughs> Which probably isn't gonna happen. Now maybe it will, and it'll be like a great meta moment. Um, but she's really quite something of an actress, and I would love to have seen her play that role. Well, in the States, are they allowed to make money off of their crimes? Is that only a Canadian law? I don't know. That's a beautiful question. Because if so, then she's fine. She'll she'll star in that, and people will watch it. Okay. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I feel bad, but yeah, I'd watch it. It's hilarious. I just, and I'm, I'm sorry to people who feel like they have been let down by the system. But I just, I do kind of laugh because I, I just, I'm not surprised. No, I'm like, exactly. I feel bad if you had faith in the system. But yeah. at this point, who had faith in the system? I mean, there's a woman who's, who's suing, she's suing for $500,000 um, because she believes these kids got in when her kid was more deserving to get into one of these schools. Um, and I just, I also am just like, sorry, but probably some other rich kid would have gotten in. Instead, like, it still right? would have been your yeah. kid. There's rich people who found a way to do it more legally. Yeah. That would have overrid you. Uh, oh, that's a, the world's sad. What a, what an issue. Aunt Becky. God. Oh, that makes more sense now. <laughs> what do you mean? Someone made a Facebook status that was like, what did you do, Aunt Becky? Or something like that. And I didn't get it because I'm not a full house kid. So, like, I didn't know that her name was Becky on the show. Now I get it. Yeah. She's Aunt Becky. <laughs> I just thought it was, like, a white girl thing. Because, like, oh, white like girls Becky are called good Becky. Hair? Yeah. No, yeah. So I was like, Aunt Becky's just, like, an older Becky. Hey. Well, it's all that. It encapsulates it. <laughs> it really does. It is just rich Aunt Becky with the good hair. Oh, man. 
Oh, it gets deeper. The audience is very excited. We are here with a very special guest. We have the Rose Court Empress 22 from Portland, Oregon, the scintillating Stephanie Fox. How well, are you? Well, hello. Thank you. Oh, thank you for coming, Stephanie. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you doing? We're doing good. Yeah, we're doing great. Thank you for coming. We just had coronation here in Vancouver this weekend, and you're in town for that. So we thought it would be great to have you on the podcast. Well, we really you. appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, starting off, Ashley is not super familiar with the whole court system. Um, just hoping you can give us like a quick introduction into what the Imperial Sovereign Court is. Oh, girl, you will be after this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the Imperial Rose Court and the Imperial whole system, we have about 69, 70 now court... Um, what's the word? You couldn't keep it at 69. Court, court sessions. Well, you know, <laughs> I try keeping it everything at 69, but never jumped up. So we have a lot of members, a lot of charters, I guess that's the word I was looking for. And um, we are a benefit, you know, we do uh, charity work, lots of money for charities. Um, in Portland, ourselves, uh, we have three scholarships that are going on. There was a legal scholarship, there's a Pride of the Rose scholarship. And there's the uh, Otter Edwards Scholarship. It's all for LGBT uh, students and parents of students. So it's just not open to just the, the, the LGBTQ, XYZ It goes beyond. People. It goes to anyone. Yeah. So we're more of money raisers. And, and I really had no idea. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a thousands huge community thousands thing. Thousands of dollars. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars are raised throughout the whole country. And we're, um, we're international because we have uh, Canada. Right. United States and Mexico. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah. And so this year is your 40th year. It is my 40th year, yes. How'd you start? How'd you get involved? Oh. How was Stephanie Fox born? You know, I, I had a boyfriend. I was 17 years old. And um, he took me to Toronto. And it was a bar called the Manatee. And it was great. And um, we were sitting there. And all of a sudden, they... they told us to sit down on the floor and we were appalled because we were all dressed up you know this is the you know 70s and so we were all just looking our best so we sat down on the floor and the was all these lights went on and the stage and out came this big old blonde and I was like my mouth dropped he looked over at me and said I've lost him I mean I was just enthralled this big blonde is just miming to this song and I some, I don't know what it was, maybe Patty Page or something. It was just Peggy Lee. Mm. And I was just, oh my God, it would be just like that. Oh, wow. And I got home. We got home and actually I went into his mother's closet and tried on some dresses. And I just started learning songs and started just to perform. And, and you weren't Stephanie Fox right away. Like, no, 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 no. Names well, that you went under? right. Well, I, you know, and, and I started now. My first drag was Halloween. Of 1972, so I've been in this for a little little bit of time, probably more than both of your ages combined. But, <laughs> but anyways, um, I first started out as Brie Daniels. She was the slut then that was in that um, a movie. I forgot what it was called now. But anyways, um, I just love the name Brie Brie Daniels. But a lot of people couldn't pronounce it right over a microphone. They say mm. Bray or Brie or whatever. So I then changed it to Tony Daniels. 
And then someone said, that sounded too masculine. Mm. Well, then I went, then I belonged to a group um, to, uh, that was called the Playgirls After Dark Review. And we, um, we were the sort of the cover story for um, these straight bars um, in, in Buffalo. And um, we would be the legit, you know, when all stuff was going on in the back room and things. And we were the legit act. And um, because we got paid for that, it was a paid gig, well, you had to have a man's, you know, to get a paycheck, you had to have it oh. because you had to show ID. So I, you know, my name, and then I had an AKA, and um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I took D, period, D, period, Daniels, so it would be D, D, Daniels, because I didn't want a D, E, D, E, so just D, D, Daniels. And um, so the D, D, Daniels went on for several years. Well, one night I was driving down the street and I saw this tailpipe in this like tailpipe a, a drain pipe in the the road and I pulled over and was going to move it aside I had it in my hand and I was like because I didn't want to run over it I thought oh my god I can use this so I got home and I put my wig on and I put the tailpipe or the, the, the sewer pipe in my hair, and I wrapped other hair around it, and it came out this big I Dream a Genie ponytail mm-hmm. type thing. Loved it. Came out to my face, did my whole makeup and everything. Came out and dragged, did the number and everything, and while I was performing, I hit something, like part of the stage something was hanging, and I hit the, the, my little... And down came the, um, the pipe, down the stairs of the stage, and it unfolded with the hair. And someone in the audience reached down and picked up and went, oh my God, it's a gutter pipe. So then I became Dolores Del Gutter. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh dear Lord, I don't know if this wants to be sticking with me right now. (laughs) So um, yeah, so I had, you know, Dolores Del Gutter was created along with Aditi Daniels. And then I moved to uh, Portland in uh, Portland, Oregon in uh, August the 16th, 1977, the day Elvis died. Really? Yes. When I got here, I was going to keep Dee Dee Daniels. But there's a, one of the, we have empresses and emperors, and there was an empress, our 17th empress, is Elsa Daniels. And she was a pretty known queen and uh, personality. And some people said to me, I don't think she'd like you having her name. So she was just like, I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to step on anyone's toes, just moving there, you know. And so um, friends of mine took me up to Monomah Falls in uh, Oregon, and um, we hiked up to the very top of it. And we're sitting over looking at the Columbia Gorge, and they were saying, well, what, what are you going to have your name? So I thought about it for a while, and um, my drag mom down in, back in Buffalo was Stephanie Stevens. I love the name Stephanie, so I, I thought, I'll take Stephanie in honor of her, and I'll, I'll keep him in my, in my head. And then with her, what's the last name? And I said something that was just very clever, and, imagine that, um, <laughs> very clever, and they said, you are so clever, just like a fox. And that's where Stephanie Fox came. But I didn't want to be, you know, just regular fox, and so at first we started with F-O-X-X-E, where then people started calling me Stephanie Foxy. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll have none of that either. And so um, I just took the two X, left it with the two S, so Stephanie Fox. From knowing you, I'm surprised it's not a triple X. Well, I was, yeah. <laughs> me, me too. I'm surprised at that too. But I did enough. Starting with two X's was plenty, let me tell you. Um, 
Uh, One of the things that I find really interesting about the community of the Imperial Court and things is the families. Oh. So you have a whole Fox family. And oh. that's, that's how I met you. Zach's part of the exactly. Fox family. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just at some point uh, in my drag career, I got to be friends. And I just would say one time, I just said to a very close friend, I said, you know, God, you're like my little little daughter to me. And uh says, well, yeah, you're like mom to me. Because I would nurture and mentor. And um, I taught school for 37 years. So as I, I loved with being mentoring with kids. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, my, my passion. Nature. And so um, very motherly. And so they said, you know, um, they would call me mom. And so all of a sudden I said, well, would you like to have the Fox name? And this happened to be the um, uh, Ginger Fox in um, Tacoma. She was um, Empress Five, I believe, of Tacoma, Washington. And I, um, I said, but you know, she said, oh, I'd love to have your name. But she only had, she was, Steph, uh, she was Ginger Fox with one X. And she said, I'd love to have a second X. And I said, well, we'll talk about that. Well, on her step down, because you have a step down, you know, you'll step up and a step down. And at her coronation of step down, I um, was presented on stage and I gave her a big X. To you know, add a ceramic to, to add to the to add to the to add to her name. And she became the first, you know, fox. Mm-hmm. Then I had a few other ones, you know, along the way. And I'm, I think I'm at like hundred and eight now. Oh wow. wow. Yeah. And it's international. It's and a it's big international. Community. Oh I have yeah, in um all um yeah, Canada and the uh, United States. Yeah, so so Ashley, since this is like a new world to you, do you have any questions? Anything off the top of your head? You I'm still I'm still just like Absorbing it all. It sounds amazing. Um, yeah, no, no, please keep sharing. I feel yeah. like this First is so off, informative. So drag, what's your number one drag song that you perform? Oh, my number one drag. I have, I have several. Um, my, my number one that several I absolutely love, ones. I do several <laughs> one, is Party Lights by Natalie Cole, live version. Absolutely love that. I think you heard a little entrance of that in the beginning. Yeah, um, it's it's absolutely one of my, one of my favorites. I go absolutely crazy in it, and you know, at the end, I throw my wig off, and you know, like audience goes crazy. And you know, first time that happened, I really it was an accident. I threw my head back, and the wig went, and I went like this to catch it, and they thought I threw it. So you just went with it. So I went with it. And then the next time I was doing it and they're like, you know, looking at people and it got to that and someone, you know, like my imperial dad was looking over at me saying, wait, throw the wing. And I looked over it and he like lifted his hand to his head, like throw the wing. And with that, I went, I threw the wig. The audience went crazy. So now that it's expected. And a few times then I'll perform the number and I'll go to look like I'm throwing the wig and I'll shake my head, and I, I won't. And I feel, oh! You know, my forte is something fast and sassy. Just like and that's my, you. Yeah, it's just fast and sassy. So you're coming up to 40 years as empress. You've been doing drag even longer. Yeah. What is it about drag and the court that, like, keeps you there? What do you get out of it? Well, what I get out of drag is just a different personification of myself. You know, I, I was never a, a really manly man-boy type thing, um... Even though I'm a family, an army brat, and you know, I didn't, um, I just felt something was missing, but I never had the, you know, the desire to change my mm-hmm. gender and all that. Just, you know, but there was something. 
Um, I loved watching my mother because my mother would go to these. My father was a retired, finally had a turn, a colonel in the army, and they'd go to these big balls and everything. And my mother, you know, was a beautiful woman. She like looked like a model, and uh, she would um, have these beautiful, impeccable dresses, and just beaded and stuff like that. And you know, I was like, oh my god, they sparkle and, and the shoes that you know, she was only five foot one, but she put these shoes on and she was five foot nine. I mean, it was just unbelievable. So when she wasn't around, I'd put putting shoes on like that. So they got me intrigued as a, as a child, you know, um, to, to just do that. So the drag thing just came along. Um, it was supposed to be just a joke for Halloween. It was just a Halloween thing. And um, I did, you know, I did this, and a friend of mine came and helped, and we did hair and everything. And it just went out. And um, I won this contest. And drag oh, wow. my very, very first time I had drag. And it was like a, a Halloween contest. And I thought, you know, that was fun. And other people then just started. And then I did a few shows. And um, people just liked what I was doing. I had no problem being on a microphone. And I'd start emceeing, you know, some things. People would say, well, just fill in, fill in, start talking. You know, who's going to do that? Well, you can fill the void. Yeah, you know, just, just go and start saying something. And I'd get the audience going and, you know, use lines like, you know, hey, you know, get your foot off the stage, you know, I'm the one performing, I'm the queen here, you know, with that, are you happy to see me, sailor? You know, just funny things that people yeah. go, oh, you go crazy. And um, I just had that personality. I could get people going and, and talk, and obviously you could tell I'm not afraid to talk. <laughs> um, and so um, it just got on to do that. So it, it just gave me that that other, other side of me that I absolutely loved to, to do, you know. Um, and I found that a lot of men really like drag queens. I mean, I thought, you know, they're going to be the weirdos. But, you know, a lot of men like drag queens and a lot of straight men like drag queens. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I never went home alone. What's a good story of how you got some action as a drag queen? Out at a show and I just had gotten through with the show and I went out to my car to get in my car and drive home and the car wouldn't start. And, you know, I was like, oh, dear Lord. And I remember my father telling me, here I am, in a big old ponytail, a little short little mini skirt. And, you know, it was years ago, of course, and I was like all the size eight. So, you know, pretty good. And um, I'm bending over, the hood's up, so I'm bending over the car. And I, I remember my father telling me about the little carburetor thing to put the stick in between to hold the carburetor thing open. Mm. So, stick so I'm putting a little yeah. stick in the hole. I Absolutely. That I could do very easily. So I'm doing <laughs> that. And all of a sudden, I put, these lights were behind me. And I saw the lights coming behind me. And I thought, oh, please be one of my friends or someone that knows me. Because we didn't have cell phones, so we couldn't call anyone. Right. So I'm like, oh, dear Lord. And all of a sudden, I hear from behind me this voice, um, need any help? And I sort of looked off the side of my bang, and I looked over, and it was a policeman. And I went, oh, gulp. <laughs> it was like, oh, dear Lord. And I tried to do a little voice of, like, I'm okay. Yeah, my voice went a little different of, like, yeah, how can we be a little woman now? It's like, oh, dear Lord. And um, he goes, are you, are you sure okay? And I said, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm getting the car. Yeah, I know what to do. And he's like, oh, let me see. Let me, let me, let me you want to get those pretty little hands you know, and it had nails on. He goes, you want to get those pretty little hands dirty? And I went, well, okay. And I was like, oh, dear Lord. So, um, well, needless to say, he fixed the car and I fixed him later. So, <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, you know, po-po, okay. Um, yeah, so that, that was one. Another incident where um, 
I was a, an MC of a, of a coronation. And you have to remember back then, too, um, our coronations had like 1,200 people, mm-hmm. 1,000 to 1,200 wow. people at these coronations. And this was in Fresno, Fresno, California. And I was an MC, and I was um, a command performance. Well, I was MCing and all that, and then I did my number, and I was standing up there MCing, doing, doing my thing. I was in this beautiful man, totally out of my league, came up to me and just stood by me. And he nodded to me, and I looked, and then we had two MCs, and the other MC was doing some things, and he looked over and said, can I get you a drink? I said, well, sure. So he got me a drink, we started chatting a little bit. Well, long story short, too late. Um, I, it, I just one of those things I said, you know, um, he goes, uh, I'd love to be with you tonight. And I was like, oh, this is a setup. This is definitely a setup. So I'm looking around going, who set me up? Because it's just this cowboy-type, beautiful man that is like, no. I'm being set up in this. So I said, well, sure. I said, um, well, we're going to be having a break pretty soon, a little bathroom break. And I said, you know, I'm from the north. And I said, us north queens, we like to test our wares. And he looked and I said, um, I'll meet you in the bathroom in a few minutes. He said, oh, shit, okay, fine. So I walk in the bathroom, and these people, and there's drag queens and guys, and going in this bathroom, and I go up to the to the mirror, the, the, the faucet, and the sink, and I, you know, look at myself in the mirror and everything, and I get in there, and I hike up my dress, and I pull down the pantyhose, and I pull another pantyhose, and I pull up the panties, and I do this, and I take the gaff off, and I do this, and I try to hope to God that my testicles fall down. I mean, like, I mean <laughs> because you shove them up. And it's like, okay, we're ready. I'm ready. I look over, and I see him coming in the door. And all these people, it's gotten around already what's going to happen. So all these people are, are in, in the bathroom. And I, you know, I'm looking, and I just happened to, like, bending over in the sink, and I see my crown on my head. And I go, oh, I'm going to show this, because I, I know this is a prank. This has to be. So I take the crown off, and I hold it in my hand, and I say to this guy, I said, see these points? There are four points on a crown. I said, there's no, and I'm sure at this point, this guy should have walked away for sure. <laughs> I would have. But I said, see these points? No, no bends in them, no broke points. I expect it'll stay that way. And with that, I put it by my anus, and I bent over, and I put it over there. And he looked at me, and the words, I swear these years later, I can hear it. He whipped out this thing. I took a look at it. I gulped. He said, not a problem, little lady. Just like that. I swear. I was like, I thought, oh, Dear me. Well, honey, there were four or five inches to spare. He went through that thing, didn't touch one point. <laughs> did not touch one point at all. Well, oh, he touched a point. Oh, he touched a point, all right. Um, how has uh, the drag scene evolved for you over the years? Um, what do you think of drag now, and how have you uh, changed how you mentor people, if you have had to? Uh-oh. Well, personally, I've, I've changed a lot. 
Um, I, I um, you know, back in the 70s was just a plain blue eyeshadow and a, a dab of this and a dab of that, you know. I always took my mother's advice. She would put red lipstick on and then she'd just put it on her fingers and then put it on and blush. So, you know, that was, to me, it was like a fast, quick Honestly, it's still a great way to get it. Is. It is. Totally. <laughs> it is totally. But, um, you know, it's evolved into these colors and, you know, um, through ads and TV and everything that's come out with these things. So, um, you know, I, I know myself personally, I've evolved. Um, unfortunately, with my eyesight, as the older I get, you know, I take my glasses off and I can't see a thing. And so uh, when I perform anymore, I have to go to the stage ahead of time with my glasses on. And I have to look and count how many steps I need to go before I fall mm-hmm. off the stage. Or I have people standing there going, step back, you took off the stage. But um, so I've evolved with that. And, and, and I have a makeup artist now that, that helps me and, oh, and, and does yeah. things. Um, because I would look like the girl from the hatchet girl, from hatchet lady from um, Crybaby, if I did my own. Um, so you know, and then mentoring other people, just saying, you know, do you need to do what you want to do. You know, um, if if you feel like being very punk out and everything, then do that. Mm-hmm. You know, do that punk life. It's maybe not my thing, but I um, I support anyone who who does anything of that. If you want to do something, I'm always challenging kids to to do do what you need to do, but. This is the one thing, and this is from teaching school, that I taught middle school, and I had a, a student one time who came up to me the day, the day before, and he goes, I'm going to, um, I, I'm going to shave my head. I said, okay. I said, your parents want you to do that? He goes, well, yes, they said it's fine. I said, okay. I said, okay, but now if you do that, you're breaking the norm, and you're going to get, you know, some criticism. Mm-hmm. Do you feel strong enough? Because I'm not. I was the at that point. I was like the disciplinary. <laughs> the disciplinary of the school. Oh, girl. But anyways, um, I, I, I so I'm not going to send you home. You can't come crying to me that people are calling calling your names. Right. And so you know, sure enough, the next day he comes in with a shaved head, and um, he started out pretty good. By the third period, he came to me. I want to go home in tears, and I said. Uh, oh no, oh no, you need to tough this out. And I called the parents, and the parents were absolutely on my side, saying, we told him that if you're going to break the norm, you got to stick up and do it. And I said, don't let it get you. When, mm-hmm. they, when they see that it's getting to you, then they won. So just say, you shaved your head? Yeah, good, cool, I like it. Own it. And he did. There was not, he was even disappointed that no one said anything by the end of the day. So that was, and I say the same thing to new drag queens and, and even the, the guys. Do what you want to do. If, as long as you feel comfortable and you're going to own that, if you want to do a look, a bizarre look, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, feel, you got to feel good. You know, I'm, I've never, I don't want to do a number when I perform. I can't do a number if I don't feel, feel the number. And so if I'm a look, and sometimes I've had a look where I like, oh, this is not, no, 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 this is not me. Right. You know, or if I do it myself, or I have another artist paints me or something, I go, oh, no, 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 no. I, this is, I'm not comfortable. Change this. Do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's just, you have to do what you are, what you need to do. Um, I think this whole new idea of, of the evolve, of, uh, evolution of things are good. You have to go with the sign of the times. If you don't go with the sign of the times, you lose. You know, you it, it's not going to go backwards. Time's not going to go backwards. It's going to go forward. So you either have to live it, or like my brother says, Live with it or die with a scar. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. and mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where I've, I, you know, 
Um, I have enough scars in my life. I don't need to have any more. So I don't want to add any more for young people to to do that. You know, um, some of my older queen friends are like, oh, Stephanie, you know, and, and why, why I hang around with younger people and always have, I love it. You know, mm-hmm. I just, um, I just, I just enjoy that. And, and, uh, you know, life is too short not to, not to do it. And I'm not the person to tell a queen or anyone else that you shouldn't do that. You know, just you own it and you feel comfortable. I just want to thank you for coming oh. and talking to us. And I think it's sharing. been so welcome. Sharing so much with us. I feel like, you know, we we say the tagline of the, of the podcast is, it's chatty, it's catty, it's hopefully informative. And I feel like this may be the most informative we've ever presented the podcast. Oh, I'll come back. <laughs> with a good I hope I'm invited catty. back again. Oh, you will. Anytime you're in back. town, you're yes. here. I hope to come back again. But I just want to say thank you. I didn't well, know about you. the court system until I met Zach and slowly got involved. And you were the first person I met in it. So... Thank you for everything you've taught me and showed me. You are a mentor and most of all, a really great and important friend. Oh, thank you. So I I just really appreciate you. I love meeting you. Love meeting you. Thank you so much. I look forward to the next time you're in town. Like all the colors of the rainbow, so are the gays of the week. This week, my gay of the week is a queer Filipino artist from Vancouver named, who goes by the name Kim Mortal. Uh, Kim released their solo album X Marks the Swirl just this last week. Um, their art is incredibly, well, it's excellent. It's, um, their videos have great visual appeal, um, the lyrics are remarkable and activisty, very feminist and queer activist um, and uh, BIPOC focused. And uh, I, I mean, I first met Kim. Um, we're in twenty nineteen now, so I first met Kim probably nine years ago, <laughs> and was just so taken with their energy and how just open they were and how kind they were and are uh, and so I'm just so excited to celebrate them so I highly recommend checking out Kim Mortal the their music is I believe on Spotify definitely on YouTube their videos are really cool and compelling um, and I think you're really going to enjoy it it's great beats great lyrics great person that's awesome um, my gay of the week is continuing on our recent theme of going back to more historical figures or people from the past Um, With our interview today, I thought it was important to talk about Jose Saria, who is actually the founder of the imperial court system um, in the U.S., Canada, Mexico, Hawaii. And Jose was an early LGBT activist in San Francisco, um, a drag queen, and the very first person to openly, the very first openly gay candidate for public office in the United States. So like the Harvey Milk before Harvey Milk. That's amazing. And lived an incredible light of political activism, of building a community for drag queens and queer people across the country that still lasts today. And Jose died, I believe, two to three years ago. And they requested at their funeral that all the drag queens come and wear all black with black gloves and veils over their crowns. And that is just life goals. Of having a funeral oh that is gosh. packed full of drag queens dressed head to toe in black with veils. So there's tons more to know about Jose. 
and you should definitely look into it. It's an important part of queer history. So that's my Gay of the Week. Well... That was a show. It was a great show. Oh my God. It's so nice. I love having guests. Like, I love talking to you. I could talk to you in a closet forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice bringing in other people and, like, getting out to the world a little more. I agree. It's really nice to have other other perspectives and other conversations. If you like what you heard, don't forget to review us or rate us on your listening app. Um, ideally, five stars. And if it's only one star, send us an email. Uh, at gaybestfriendspodcast at gmail.com and to get our visuals anything we're talking about we will post follow us on Instagram at gaybestfriendspodcast and we will talk at you all next week we already have like more guests and things planned it's really coming together so I can't wait thank you for listening thank you for joining us on this journey we can't wait to continue it Uh, this path is less of a rocky path and more of a nice little golden brick path So we'll talk to you next week. Bye, Bye, besties. besties.